Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast, where we're breaking barriers through communication. I'm Bill Allen, and this is Matt Gunter. Welcome to another episode of the Simplify Jesus Podcast. And Bill, I was thinking about it today. There are all kinds of things that we put faith in that are really pretty unreliable. Um, You know, I was thinking about uh, just driving down the road, and you you kind of assume that when you go out, and walk out to your driveway and get in the car when you turn that key it's going to kick on but i can't tell you how many times i've walked out to a dead car battery yeah it happens for sure um you know sticking with the with the car thing what about when we're driving down the road um that we're not going to break down or uh, yeah or if we want to get a little scarier that uh that guy coming at you in his truck isn't going to come off into your lane that's uh that's some that's some faith that um those invisible yellow lines are going to keep them on that side. Yeah, right, right. We put faith in all kinds of things. And uh, in season two, we're all about busting up myths about the church and working through misconceptions that people have, things that people have heard about the church and and busting those up. And and this week, we're going to hit on basically the, we, we talk about faith a lot. And, and we're going to talk about that, Christianity and, and church isn't really a blind leap that that faith that we put in God isn't a blind leap with no evidence, but there's actually a whole lot of evidence, a whole lot more evidence that it's true than the guy coming at you down the street isn't going to veer over because he <laughs> doesn't see you coming up the hill. So some of the things that we're hearing are that um, that Christians believes are a blind leap of faith, that we can't possibly know if God's real or not. Yet we we put our faith in that. So some of the questions that come up with that are, you know, how do we know what the Bible says is true? We can't see God, so how do we know he's there? Uh, Or how can we really know that Jesus is who he claimed to be? Yeah, and these are some completely legitimate questions, uh, especially if you grew up outside of the church or you haven't had a whole lot of exposure to it. There are all kinds of reasons that you may have those questions. Um, and so we want to help tackle those today. But before we jump into that, faith in the Bible, that it's true, faith in God is really as much about your personal story as it is about the facts that prove it's true. So you know, the disclaimer that, that it's as much about your personal experience as anything. Yeah, you can look at the Bible and you can stare at it and read it all day long and you can choose to believe it or not. That's really up to you, but it's really your life and your experiences and what uh, you've seen God personally do that, that um, really really shows that it's true, that, that, that he is alive and well and uh, that, that he is um, who he says he is. So yeah. I'm jumping ahead a little bit there, but um, <laughs> um, you know, if you look back at season one, um, episodes eight and nine are, are mine and Matt's testimonies. And we talk about that quite a bit, that, um, that's where a lot of our faith comes from. For me personally, that's where I saw, uh, God working in my life, um, Mm -hmm. was through the hard times and then how, where he brought me from, from where I was to where I am today. Yeah. God works in crazy ways throughout our lives to where we, to get us where we are today. And uh, everything else that we'll be talking about is are from other sources that, from people that are way smarter than we are. But nobody can deny what we know and uh, what God did in our lives personally. And as we always say in our in our episodes, we're not theologians. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're bringing you facts from the Bible, 
We're bringing you some facts that we may have done some research on. Uh, a lot of it is opinion-based and a lot of it is just based around our personal stories. That's right. You know, and, and speaking of personal stories, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of very personal reasons that people don't believe in the Bible. Um, you know, I've heard that because it was written by people, it was written by men. Uh, so it's, it can't be perfect. It can't be trustworthy. Um, that it's too old. It doesn't really apply today. You can't take the Bible and what it says and use it today. So why would you put your faith in it? Why would you believe in it? Uh, and another reason is negative experiences with the church and with Christians that, you know, the people who say they believe it and they go to church and they learn about it every Sunday and every Wednesday and all of that, they don't even act like what the Bible teaches. So why would I believe in it? See episode two from season one on that one. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what this whole podcast, that's like the basis of this podcast is that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's all kinds of reasons. You may have your own reasons why you don't believe the Bible is true. Why, why you haven't put your faith in God. And I'm going to jump ahead again, because I want to say, if you do have your own reasons, we would love to hear them if you're willing to share them. That's right. Um, we'd love to hear them and be able to um, express our, again, our personal stories as to uh, our perspectives around mm -hmm. those. Yeah. So the best way to understand the Bible and to grow your faith is, of course, by being in church and having conversations with people who know this stuff. Um, probably... Not us, maybe a little bit, you know, we're, we're learning, <laughs> we're researching, we're right. reading, um, but we'll, we'll lay out facts today that back up truth of the Bible and, um, believing it and having faith that it is true is like we keep saying is a personal decision. So there is plenty of evidence to back it up, but you have to take the first step in learning more. Mm -hmm. uh, like we said, we're learning. We're always going to be learning. Uh, I think anybody that's been in church all of their lives and are a century old that's will right. still tell you they're learning. That's right. Um, so we're here to guide you through that. You know, that's part of what we're what we're wanting to do here. We want you to have somebody to reach out to and uh, ask questions. And uh, we want you to see what you're missing out on because it's not this big, scary thing that a lot of people think it is. That's uh, right. And it's not some ridiculous cult that a lot of people think it is. <laughs> that's um, also right. <laughs> so we want to show you how God's helped us and uh, how he can help you too. So let's dive into those questions there. The first one is, how do we know what the Bible says is true? Now, again, just a disclaimer before we jump in, we're not the smartest guys in the room. Well, we're the only <laughs> well, guys in this room. I would room. hope we are today. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got beat up by the cat, I guess. But no, we, we're, we're not the smartest guys. Um, but uh, no, we're not professional historians. But there is evidence of the Bible outside of just what the Bible itself says in our beliefs. So you look at stories in the Bible are actually talked about and proven by sources outside of the Bible. I was kind of, I guess it wasn't crazy to me that this happened because I believe that historically this stuff happened, but it's kind of nice to see. So there were um, specifically a Jewish and a Roman historian who were alive during the time of Jesus um, and after and after his death. They wrote about him. The Jewish guy, his name is Josephus, and the Roman guy is Tacitus. And these guys both wrote about the life of Jesus and his death. Now, I don't believe they wrote about his resurrection, although they may have talked about, you know, the, the people who followed him a little bit. They talked about it from a historical perspective. And so 
we have these sources and accounts that said, yeah, Jesus actually lived. He was a teacher. He was a leader. He was somebody who went through these things and yeah, he died on a cross. So historically we know that Jesus lived. If you want more information on that, um, we pull that from biblicalarchaeology.org and I encourage you to, uh, to go check that out and read a little more, dig a little deeper into that for yourself. And we'll put the link in the show notes for you as well. So you can check that out for yourself. Absolutely. So one of the things that we look at and we hear a lot about that, that people think is true is that there is no consistency in the Bible. Mm. Um, but that, that, you know, without going through hundreds and thousands of verses um, to, to prove that point with you, we only have, you know, 20 to 30 minutes here with you. So, <laughs> right. um, so we need to, we need to do our best to, help you to understand this a little bit in the short time we have, but the gospels um, are very similar stories told by different people and they're, they're written at different times. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mm -hmm. and you got four different perspectives of four different people that follow Jesus. Right. But they wrote these stories in different times. Matter of fact, Luke didn't follow Jesus. He was a doctor that wrote about him later through interviews and his story still lines up with the other three who did follow him. That's right. So, the differences in it, though, actually, uh, they actually help prove the validity of it. Um, if all four were exactly the same, uh, it would seem extremely planned. Yeah. Um, it would seem like somebody was cheating off somebody else's paper, right. I think. But um, each writer has was writing for a different audience. Uh, so the order of the stories or the details included, they would be different depending on who they were writing for. Yeah, so if you think about it, like if you were telling a friend a story versus you were telling a coworker a story about something that happened at work, you know, or or maybe you're telling your spouse about this story. So you come home from work and you're and you're talking to your spouse and saying, "Oh my goodness, this thing happened today. I can't believe it." Um, and maybe you don't dive into all the details and the names and all that kind of stuff, but you're talking to your coworker about it the next day who knows all the people and Hey, you'll never guess so-and-so did this. And then this thing happened to me and this project went really well. And you're going to have a different perspective because of who you're telling the story to. That's hey, Matt, a lot of remind me to tell you about our, our episode on gossip back in, <laughs> back in uh, season one. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's all kinds of gossip going on. So, <laughs> It's the same sort of thing when you look at the different gospel perspectives. So you look at um, Matthew and Luke, and Matthew was a tax collector, right? He was a guy that literally Jesus called him while he was in the tax collector's booth. He was a guy that was despised by Jews because he was working for the Romans. Then you have Luke on the other side, and you alluded to it, Bill, that he was a historian that you know, a king basically hired him, if I'm remembering right, to go do these interviews and find out who this Jesus guy is and write down this history. So you've got these two different guys, very different backgrounds, and who they're writing to. Matthew is a is a Jewish guy that's writing to other Jewish people. Luke is a historian writing to a king. Of course they're gonna sound different. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they should be, because they're for different people, different audiences and different writers. The point of all that is that the differences between them are pretty easily explained. And it actually proves that these guys were writing them specifically for the people they were writing to and specifically as their perspective. And so the differences we see are, you know, details of the order and that kind of stuff. 
none of that disproves it. That none of that um, is conflicting necessarily. It's just their perspective on the story. And I love that, you know, when I first started really reading the Bible, I had a hard time getting through the Gospels because mm-hmm. while they were different, they were also so much the same. Yeah. And I, at that time, I didn't understand why, why do I need to read these? They're all the same. Right. Uh, but there's enough differences to know that um, I, I, I love the way that they work together um, where you've got one from the perspective of being right there with Jesus. You've got another from the perspective of being what hundreds of years later uh luke no no he was he was a couple of decades couple of decades yeah. okay yeah. um so the point is that that even though that was it was only you know 20 30 years whatever that looks mm-hmm. like um he was able to capture from all of the interviews he did and all of right. the deep research that he did almost mm-hmm. the same stories yeah um without possibly with even more detail than mm-hmm. than the others yeah, because he pulled from probably several different perspectives on even the same stories. Right. Um, and so he, he probably got a fuller picture. You know, think about the Christmas story. We we all quote Luke's version of the Christmas story because it's got all the detail and all the right. crazy stuff. Who knows how many people he talked to to get that. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, uh, you can go to uh, Bible.org to see more about uh, the historical reliability in that. And we can... Uh, uh, also put that in the show notes for you for sure um and and one more thing to back up the bible's validity is many of the old testament writings the historical writings and the prophets are actually quoted in the new testament so when we talk about the bible a lot of times we talk about the fact that the old testament points towards jesus the New Testament points back to Jesus and he's in the center with the gospels. Um, and technically the gospels are part of the new Testament. So don't, don't get that confused, but, but basically the whole Bible points to Jesus. We see that prophecies were proven over time, not only in the old Testament, but in Jesus's life, we see that, uh, the prophecies came, came true. And we also see in the new Testament um, especially through the writings of Paul, who was a man who grew up in the Jewish faith, that he talked about all these prophecies that came true, and talked about how how everything lines up all the way all the way through is to one consistent story. There are actually 250 to 300 direct quotes or references to Old Testament writings in the New Testament. So, all of that to say, throwing throwing all this information at you is to say that it is a consistent story all the way through. It all ties together. And so kind of backing up, if we can prove that Jesus lived, and if you go back a couple episodes, we talked about the liar, lunatic Lord argument of Jesus is who he said he is. You got that. So Jesus definitely lived. You got that argument. And we can say the gospels are true because of how they're written and the details they include. And now the Old Testament ties in with all that stuff. You can really make a case that the Bible is a good, true book and, and that what it says is true. The prophecies that we're talking about weren't they part of uh, the Torah that that the Jewish even the Jewish children were supposed to memorize? Um, when yeah, the Book of Isaiah and things like that wasn't that right? Part of that? Yeah, so so there are some in Isaiah, there are some in the Psalms. Even um, Psalm twenty two is uh, more people quote Psalm twenty three uh, because it's it's more comforting. Psalm twenty two was all about the crucifixion. Um, the Isaiah prophecies. So yeah, the, 
yeah, like you said, it was something that even kids in Jewish culture would have been learned, would have learned growing up. Um, which is one of the funny things when you look back on Jesus's time, it's easy for us to say now that like, how did you not see this? <laughs> but of course we would have missed it too. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Don't we still? Yeah. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but yeah, so there, there's all this stuff that they studied from a very young age that would have pointed directly to Jesus. And the Torah, since I mentioned it, I want to be clear. That's the first five books of the Bible or am I way off? So the Torah, you know what? I think you're right. I think the Torah is the first five books. So technically that those prophecies would not have been part of the Torah. They were part of, um, I actually just learned this in a, uh, in a class, uh, I took, um, it's called the Tanakh and it's, and I can't remember what they all stand for, but, but basically the, the Torah is the first five books or the Pentateuch as we sometimes call it, but it's the books that Moses wrote. And then you've got the history and the prophets. And so the history and prophets were there, but they were still what Jewish children would have been studying. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was still part of that. It wasn't technically the Torah, but it's what they would have been studying. The more, you know, the more, you know, <laughs> so with, with the stories proven by extra biblical sources, I said it, <laughs> and with such consistency through the Bible, uh, we can be confident that what we read is true. That's that's extremely helpful um, to know that there's there are so many historians who have who have worked so hard for thousands of years, couple thousand years, yeah, um, to to really make sure that everything is uh, um, is on the up and up. It is what it says it is. Right. That sounded um, weird saying it, but uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about the Bible. So it is what it says it is. Right. Um, it is the Word of God. So um, so another question that a lot of people have and, you know, that I've had is we can't see God. So how do we know he's actually there? And, you know, this one's harder to prove. Um, this, there is still evidence of his existence but, existence, but it doesn't make it any easier to prove. So I want to go back to my childhood here. There was a band called DC Talk, which Bill, are you familiar with DC Talk? Only through what Emily's told me. Okay. So no. So so DC Talk, um, they're they're not still together now, but um, I'm I'm going to show off a little bit of my my fan nerdness here. The group that was DC Talk it was Michael Tate, who now leads the Newsboys, uh, Toby Mac, and a guy named Kevin Max. Um, and so those three were the DC Talk lead guys. Anyway. One of one of their songs that I listened to a lot growing up was called Mind's Eye. And there's this snip in it from a Billy Graham sermon. And he says, can you see God? Have you ever seen him? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. And, and Billy Graham's point there and, and the reason DC Talk included it in their song is that we can't physically see God. Nobody has. Nobody's seen what he looks like. Um no, nobody's seen him, but just because we can't physically see him doesn't mean that he isn't there. It doesn't mean that he doesn't exist. We can't see the wind around us, but having lived through several hurricanes in Southeast Texas, I can tell you the wind does some damage. <laughs> uh, it's a real thing. We can't see it, but it's there. It comes through. I'm not going to say God does damage when he comes through, but just because we can't physically see him doesn't mean he's not there. We see his evidence all around us. Sure. 
my my example would have been something like the Santa Claus movie um, <laughs> with Tim Allen because uh, the little boy says uh, talking to his stepdad says, "Well, have you ever seen a million bucks?" Well, no. Well, if you've never seen it, does that mean it doesn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's Tim Allen. So come and on. it's Tim Allen. Yeah. So uh, another thing that we can look at to see that, um, to know that God is there is just his creation all around us. Um, there's a lot of theories of how we got here, um, but all of them have holes in them of some sort. When we think about the Big Bang Theory, um, you know, if all of life started with a with or at a Big Bang moment, um, how was there anything there to begin with? I mean, right. now we're just pulling molecules out of space. I did hear somebody say one time, when God created the Earth, that was a huge mass movement, and I bet there was a really Big Bang. I, you know what? I can buy into that theory. I'm good with that. <laughs> so, um, but but hey, you know, whatever uh, God wants to do, he can do, right? That's right. Um, you know, there's another theory, and I've actually never heard this one. Matt brought this one up, that lightning started it. Um, if, if lightning somehow got life started on Earth, though, um, you know, it still doesn't explain how there was anything there to begin with or right. where it came from. And when we look at where we're at now, you know, everything around us has a start and an end. Yeah. Um, which means something or someone had to start it. And it truly all points to intelligent design, which we as Christians contribute to God um, because we certainly didn't do it as a race. As a, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we weren't just aliens that landed on this planet at some point. <laughs> right. Um, Although some people might think that, I don't know, but yeah. but I I don't certainly believe that. I believe that uh, God created us. He created the earth and the, the heavens and the earth, just like Genesis says He did. And I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek into next week's episode. We're going to be talking a lot about um, science and God both being real, and you know we're we're talking about a little bit of sciencey stuff here about the how the world started and all of that. And without giving too much away, there are some. There are a lot of different theories out there that science trying to explain things. And all I'm going to say for, for, for this episode is that that doesn't necessarily disprove God, God's existence. So stay tuned next week for, for some more of that. The last question we want to answer is how can we know Jesus is who he said he is? So we handled this a little bit back in episode seven of season two when we talked about him being the only way to heaven and we talked about the liar lunatic Lord argument from CS Lewis, go back and and check that out. If you, uh, if you haven't yet, um, highly encourage it. It's a, it's, it's a good argument. We actually talked about it in this episode a little bit earlier, but Jesus makes a pretty bold claim and the only options for him are he's either a liar about it, lunatic, or he is who he said he is. Another interesting thing about Jesus is that he proved prophecies that were written hundreds of years before he was born. So something interesting I heard recently, and uh, one of our pastors said it in the pulpit, that there was actually a 400-year period between when the last prophecy was written and when Jesus was born. So hundreds of years before he was born, there were these prophecies written about his life. If you look at Isaiah, we quote those all the time around Christmas time. Um there's whole Christmas carols that are based around the prophecies in Isaiah and how they line up with the story in Luke. Um, 
Psalms 22 I mentioned earlier is all about the crucifixion and the the death that he would die. And so Jesus fulfilled these prophecies from the Old Testament. So if you want to talk about him proving who he said he is, you can start right there and the fact that he fulfilled all those prophecies. And if we think about um, what the Bible says regarding his life, uh, his crucifixion, his resurrection, um, there are, what, I think over 500 accounts of uh, mm-hmm. people seeing him after uh, his resurrection. Right. Um, some thought uh, at first it was a ghost. Some thought at first it was a, a spirit of some sort. Um, but Jesus literally said to um, to Thomas, you know, uh, see the holes in my hands, touch, right. touch me and see that I'm real. Yeah. Um, I'm paraphrasing, I think, but, um, there are others at that time that obviously believed that he was who he said he was because of how far they went for him. Mm. His disciples, his apostles were, were martyred for their faith. Um, according to her church history, um, which is in books outside of the Bible, right. um, as well as in the Bible. And, I don't think that they would have gone so far as to give up their lives for someone that they just, they thought just died at the cross. They, they spent five years following him. I think three years, three years following him mm-hmm. and learned what he had to teach, believed he was who he said he was and then died defending him mm-hmm. after, after he was already gone. Yeah. Why would you do that? For a guy that you thought died and was gone. Right. There's no way. The right. only the only reason you would take it that far is if you truly believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that he lived, he died, and you saw him again after that. And said, Oh, this is the real <laughs> this is the real deal. Yeah. Um, well, and think about um uh, Judas. Right. Who, at the end there, uh, you know, he sold him off basically for thirty pieces of silver. And then realized afterwards oh wait he is god i'm gonna go hang myself now right right (laughs) because he was so distraught over what he had just done and there's all kinds of stories in the bible like you said in the bible and in church tradition of of disciples going that far and so to put it plainly the proof's in the pudding these guys would not have done that if jesus didn't live the life and wasn't who he said he was if he didn't come back again right So, without further ado, let's jump into our favorite part of the podcast. Cue the celebration music. Time for the outside, looking inside, looking out. So, um, I keep uh, going back to before Christ, before church, before um, my life before. We'll just say it that way. My Mm. life before. Um, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be titled that someday. (laughs) Be on the lookout. No. um, Yeah. before I became a Christian, before I started getting into his word and learning about who he was, even saying the name Jesus was uncomfortable. And my question to you listening is, can you say that and be comfortable with it? Mm-hmm. Can you say that you believe in Jesus to somebody else and be comfortable with that? If you can't, that might be a sign that you need to do some more digging, sure. some more soul search, some more soul searching on that. Yeah. But I can look back again. We go back to the beginning of this episode. I can look back at my life. I can look back at all the blessings that I've had since I started believing in him and on him. And 
and really see how my life has changed. Um, and I'm not talking health, wealth, and prosperity here. I'm talking right. peace. I'm talking uh, joy that I've never seen. I'm talking uh, being saved from um, myself mm. and the alcohol, the, the the partying lifestyle. And it's all about being able to see this is who I was and this is who I am now. Yeah. That's proof enough for me, but I also have now the word. I have the Bible to look at. I can read it. I can go through and read history. Uh, and I and I go to church every Sunday and Wednesday, and I learn about what he did, and I get have deeper conversations. And that's where it all kind of ties together. You've got to see, you've got to find the right people to help you uh, understand. Um, but you've got to look at, your life and what he is going to do to change it. That's right. And from the inside looking out, there is plenty of evidence that we went through today and we just scratched the surface. There is so much evidence out there that the Bible is true, but no matter how much evidence you read, no matter how many books you look up, how much history you do, you still have to take the first step in faith. You have to make that move. You have to make that personal decision. That's why we talk about our, our stories being so important to our faith, because our story is the one thing you can't take away. You can tell me, oh, you guys are crazy. None of the stuff you talked about is true. That's just your opinion. That's fine. That's okay. What you can't take away is our personal story. And so you've got to make that personal choice of, I'm going to go believe in this. I'm I'm going to believe what these people are saying, what what the Bible says, not not what people are saying. Scratch that. <laughs> Believe what the Bible says. Believe what Jesus taught. In order to do that, go check out your local church and go talk to a pastor. Go talk to a friend who's a Christian. Do your own research. Dig into it. There are multiple books written by former atheists who did their own research and dug into it and said, you know what? I think this Jesus guy is the real deal. Go check them out. Lee Strobel is the one that immediately comes to mind. Case for Christ. That... um that that's basically his story. And so he's not the only one. Do your own research and check it out and prove it to yourself. Do what you got to do to prove it to yourself that this stuff is true. Then you'll be able to take that step and put your faith in the Bible, put your faith in God. And ultimately it's going to lead you to where we talk about every week about that salvation with Christ. I think it would be a good idea, Matt, for us to see if we can find a couple of those books maybe that uh, were written by atheists that have mm-hmm. uh, done the research. You, you mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet we could find a couple more that would be beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure and put those in the show notes. Um, I encourage you to go check it out. Find your own resources. Go talk to people. Um, like we mentioned before, we're not the smartest guys, but um, but there are a whole lot of people out there who have done a great job of putting all this stuff together, go do your own research, go find it for yourself. So as part of proving it to yourself, um, I'm going to give you our, our memory verse for the season because salvation is really this simple. When you put your faith in God, when you decide to take that step, this is all it takes to, to have salvation. It's Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's really that simple. You you believe what we've been talking about. You believe in the Bible because of the stuff we've been talking about, because you proved it for yourself that God is real. Um, you put your faith in him. Best Jesus is Lord and you're good. 
You got it covered. If you have any questions about that, we would love to hear from you. Shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. Um, go talk to your local church. Go talk to your friends who are Christians. Go find somebody. Talk to them about it. Get some more information. But we would love to hear from you if you're if you're looking to making that decision. Even if you disagree with us, we'd love to hear from you. That's right. We want to hear what uh, what you think and uh, why you think we're wrong. Let us know. Absolutely. Um, be nice, but we want to hear what you think. <laughs> um, so we want to thank you all again, as always, for listening and, and uh, checking out the latest episode. Um, we do hope you enjoyed it immensely. Um, and like I said, let us know what you think. Shoot us an email, like Matt said, at info at simplifyjesus.com. Look for us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, as always, our website at simplifyjesus.com. You can find everything Simplify Jesus there. Y'all have a good rest of your day, whatever time it might be in your world right now, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care, guys.